0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Okay, well, good afternoon and welcome to the, the real start of the Eightfold Path Program. Last, last meeting was kind of an introduction and today we're going to take up the topic of right view, which is the first chapter, the first factor. So I just want to say that I'm sure there's quite a bit of confusion out there about who your mentors are. Some of you haven't been contacted. You're wondering what's going on. So just to make that clear, I hope many of you have been. The idea is that we're going to introduce the topic today. Then you'll start getting emails with reflections to reflect on about the topic for the next four weeks. And that will include some assignments to read and listen to. And sometime toward the end of the month, you should have a meeting scheduled with your mentor to talk about how it's going and then we'll take up the next topic a month from now more or less. Is that clear enough? Okay so during the break please come up to me if you have personal questions about who's your mentor and if you haven't heard from them yet and I'll just double check that things are sorting themselves out there. Okay. All right so the first part of the the path is often talked about divided into three parts. The first two factors are the wisdom factors and To begin with wisdom is that you've already begun with wisdom because here you are, you have the wisdom to be embarking on this journey. So there's this preliminary alignment with what we're doing. And then we'll work through the other factors, the ethical factors and the mental training meditation factors. And then at the end we'll, the path is cyclical, right? So then at the end we would come back and have a new appreciation, a deeper appreciation of right view. And as it was said last week, all these factors interpenetrate each other. So especially the factors of right view, mindfulness, and effort circle around all the other factors. So it's not linear in a way, it's an artificial way that we have of talking about it. So today we'll hopefully impart some understanding about what's meant by right view, and then you can look at it through the month. So Bruni will lead us in a meditation, and then... uh give the first talk about right view uh... some of them are here and they can introduce themselves jim and uh... peter and fiona our mentors bruni and i are mentors they're not coming here to meet with you Mostly, they've been through this many times, so they don't always come to these meetings. So, um, yeah. We're going to talk. You'll talk with each other. We'll take a break. I'll give a talk on another aspect of it. You'll talk with each other. That's how the day's going to go. Okay? All right. So let's have a meditation now. Okay. So let's start by um,
1: taking an alert Gentle posture, arriving in your body, <coughs> and being here, and maybe to start, you can take two or three deep breaths. Gentle breaths. Relaxing into your body. Sensing your feet touching the floor. your back, your glutes, your thighs, on the chair. Noticing that contact between the body and the chair and the floor. Breathe in naturally and maybe scanning the body to see if any areas that you may want to breathe in or relax a little bit more. Maybe the belly. The shoulders. (coughs) The neck. Any area that maybe there's some tension that through Breathing in and breathing out, you can relax. Here by just noticing what sensations you receive in your body, what sensations you notice right here. Sensations that come and go as the body breathes itself. Maybe noticing the breath moving through the body. The air coming, going into your nostrils, the temperature. Nothing to fabricate or control, just relaxing in the body while receiving whatever shows up. Maybe some tingling, vibration in the body. maybe receiving the sounds that also come and go. The sound of my voice Sounds of the cars. Welcoming anything that comes into our awareness. What is also any thoughts that arise in the mind? Maybe any images. Maybe noticing how also they come and go or stay a little bit. In the here, right now is okay. Bring in mindfulness to your breathing. And if anything else that shows up becomes predominant, softly and gently you can shift your attention to that. And when it stops being predominant, that experience, maybe you can go back softly and gently again to your breathing. Everything is welcome in the practice of mindfulness. Now to end this meditation. See if you can sense again how your feet are touching the floor, coming back, or revisiting or continuing being in the body and sensing the sensations. Of the body. See if you can become aware of your entire body as you take two or three deep breaths. I'm going to ring the bell and you can open your eyes whenever you're ready. So, welcome. As Chris mentioned, we're going to be talking about um, Wise View today. And so I want to start by explaining, by talking to you about why it is that, you know, within the Eightfold Path, we are starting with Wise View. The Eightfold Path um, gives us a way, a practice, a set of practices that we can take from beginning to end to look at, you know, our suffering. If we want to, if we want to, within our spiritual practice, to look at what it is that is causing us stress, Um, the Eightfold Path is, is... is a way to look at it in a way that um, in a way that gives us opportunities uh, to to practice and, and to recognize what it is, how it is that we're living our lives, and what we can do to to live in a way that uh, increase the well being of ourselves and. And, uh, you know, uh, our lives to have a, a life that uh, supports well-being. So I'll start by saying that what I'm going to be talking about is taken from the books that you're going to be reading, if, if you choose to, and the talks from Gil and um, the page, the handout that we're going to provide. So... Um, when we are getting ready to embark into this journey of engaging into a path, or you know, it's almost like going on a vacation sometimes, or going into um, taking on on a task that we want to do. And when we start something, we want to see well, what is what is the perspective? How I'm going to engage in this? You know, some some people like me sometimes I like to have a map. You know, and I, well, okay, this is where I'm going. Other times I don't like to have a map. Uh, but at least I want to have kind of an overall view, kind of a perspective, what it is, what, why I want to do this, and where I'm going with this, you know? So, um, right now, you know, we have the path. We don't know how, what, what we're going to find when we start engage engaging in it and maybe by looking at our lives you know we see ourselves you know our lives ourselves we are we are that that path we start by wow okay so there may be things that i have to clear out of this path to be able to engage in it and to walk it to to um, experience it and so that is what the eightfold path Give us, you know, it's kind of that kind of practices to to engage into that path, to engage into our lives, and wise view give us a perspective or an orientation on how we will engage into the path. So. Um, We describe some of the different, you know, the different factors in the path with the word right or wise. And I want to start by maybe giving a definition, you know, of what what is what does wise mean, what does right mean within the Buddhist context and, and view. What what are we talking about? Because it may be interpreted as a doctrine or or as a rule that we have to follow. But really is like I said, is you know, is is a perspective, an orientation that we can use that will support us in engaging into the path, and that as we go we can see how it works for us, how 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 it is that supports us. So um It's almost like, you know, we talk, and I think that Liz or Chris talked about this last time we met. Right, we're looking at it from the context of using the right tool to do a task or um, to do something we enjoy. You know, I like to bicycle, so I use a bicycle. If I will play baseball, I will use a ball, not a racket, you know. So kind of that... Common sense, which is something I really like about the path. The simplicity and, you know, how practical it is. Um, so that's the context wishing with we use right. is not about, you know, this is right or wrong, but what is appropriate? What is appropriate for what you want to do or engage in? And so we also use the word wise, And the word wise, the way in which I have um, seen it within the Eightfold Path is also to see um, how these factors, when um, engaging in them wisely, cultivate wholesome qualities. How cultivate and nourish wholesome qualities that benefits myself, benefit others, and benefits everyone and benefits everyone. Um, So today I'm gonna use right for no just to to stay with one word. Um, So in terms of view, view can be interpreted as, you know, all the perspective, opinions, ideas that We have, you know, when we take it out of the Eightfold Path, you know, what is a view? You know, it could be something that is supporting our values. You know, we have some views and some opinions, and that supports how we live our lives. It supports, you know, what to, for us to discern what is important to us. Uh, in terms of values, um, I may have a, um, I think that it's important to, um, to care about the environment. So I chose to work in a job related to the environment because it's important to me. So it, 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 that value, that um, orientation, that gave me uh, kind of the foundation to make other decisions in my life. Views also uh, impact how we choose people we hang out with. You know? And where, where we, how we spend our time, how we spend our money. So, and also how we see the world. Through our views, you know, we, we have stories of our lives, we you know, uh, we may uh, think, uh, for example, uh, there, in my case, at some point in my life, I thought that um, that I was supposed to survive in, instead of thriving in my life. I, work, I have to work hard, hard. I can make it here. Um, and to do that, I can be alone. I can be with other people. And so that is a kind of a perspective. Um, Another perspective or another uh, view could be, um, which I see with my parents, and um, is um, no matter what, no matter how old I am, I'm going to be my mother's daughter. And actually, I like that. I, I like that. And with that, there come a set of ideas and opinions and how we interact and so forth. So through the Eightfold Path, though, wise view, um, that definition of view expands to include an orientation that supports our exploration of our lives in terms of how it is that we um, suffer or have stress in our lives. What it is that we do that um, that can support our well-being? So um, I may have some strong views. That maybe you know when I go and see again my family, I said, "Mom, you." You should be doing, you should not be driving after a certain time. You know, your vision is not good. Your, so I have all that views. But through the Eightfold Path, I may expand. I may expand my um, sensitivity to try to understand why it is that she does what she does. And uh, I can take a step back to not controlling or not wanting now to, you know, decide or impose the way in which she does things. Um, It helps me to lose my strong views, to ease up, to just take it easy, to maybe, instead of solidifying my views... To still have my views, but to hold them in a way that maybe there's more space for me to remember that there are other views, to be open to other perspectives, which will help me in my relationships. So it's a benefit of the of um, right view, and you know, to to ease up, um, we can become aware. Of some views that we don't think we have. You know, we may have subconscious ideas that um, may be creating stress in our lives that we don't even know that we have. And Chris will talk a little bit about um, our meditation practice and how that goes along with the Eightfold Path in, in a way that helps us understand and explore our views uh, to see which are beneficial and which are not. So, our views come from different places. You know, they come from society, from our families, from our environments. Um, and then through the path, we can see, you know, what are beneficial, what are not. Maybe at some point we want to, oh, you know, oh, I, don't, I don't need this view anymore. Maybe I just, maybe it's more beneficial to hold other views. Uh, so, right view um, within the eightfold path then is presented by two uh, two standpoints or two two ways two ways in to engage wise view or right view. Uh, one is um, recognizing that our actions are consequential. And that's what I'm going to be talking now more about. Chris is going to talk about the other way um, to understand wise view within our practice, which is the Four Noble Truths. Um, So when talking about our actions being consequential, What I'm talking about is that there is some causes that, and some effect, some causes that then through our action have some consequences. There's an impact. There's an impact in ourselves and there's an impact on others. And that impact can be internal Or it can be external. You know, we may have, uh, there may be some, um, you know, psychological impacts. There may be other physical impacts. So it's manifested in different ways. Um, It means also that we don't exist independent, that we don't exist in a, in a vacuum and that our actions will stay with us. You know, the rippling effects of those actions will not, again, will not impact others. So it's a recognition that, yes, that, uh, that there are going to be those consequences. And... I think that is useful to understand that because if we get wise in how we choose our views and how we use them to act through our body, through our speech, and through our mind, then we can also see that we have choice if there is understanding and also view sometimes is named as understanding but if we understand what is going on behind our actions then we may you know we may have an opportunity to see okay this is what's going on here that you know what are these results i I'm surprised, or I don't understand what is going on. Sometimes, you know, by not understanding the views that we have, we just sometimes I've been, How did this happen? I have nothing to do with it. However, when I start looking at it deeply, it's like I'm not innocent. <laughs> it's like, Oh, no, I do have, I do have a little bit of responsibility here I did say this or yes I did say you know don't interrupt me and this person now has not called me in ages and well I didn't you know uh, say anything else or um, or you know how I've been thinking about you know what is going on in the world and uh, how I'm manifesting that in how I treat others, or um, so through Wise View, we can see that we do have a role in it. You know, we may not have full control of other, you know, all the conditions that are uh, involved within um, our, uh, you know, the the results of our actions, but we we have some. Some say in it, you know, we can do our best and, and, and see what happens. And we can take responsibility for that. And that is a great thing because then we can choose. Then we can see, oh, okay, change is possible if we choose to change, you know, how we hold our views. Um, okay, I'm within time. Um, it also helps us to, to, you know, explore when we explore within the Eightfold Path our views. It helps us looking in the right place, meaning within us. And that is something that is emphasized within our practice, the direct experience. The direct experience, and what I mean by that is by us turning... Turning our eyes into how it is that we hold our views and how it is that they're manifested through speech, body, and mind and see what is, what is happening there. The direct experience. Um, and you know, there are times it's easier to say it than to do it Sometimes, you know, sometimes I've been in situations in which, you know, I have blamed everyone around me. <laughs> I blamed the traffic this morning. How is possible? That, you know, there, you know, why it is that it's taking so long? And then at some point, I mean, it was very, very subtle. A very subtle, it's incredible, subtle movement in the body, sensation in the body, a contraction. Oh, wait a minute, that is an opinion. I might as well, well, okay, there's traffic now. Another perspective is, I really hope whoever had that accident, which was the cause of the traffic, is okay, and I have time, it's okay. So, um, engaging into wise view and doing the exploration um, of what it is that we hold as um, an orientation in our lives, also give us confidence. It gives us confidence, again, because we can see how it is that we are living our lives and give us flexibility in what we can do differently. So, let's
0: see what else...
1: So as we, you know, as we get curious and we get interested in in seeing seeing what views we hold, we also can see through our actions, and and we're going to have another factor. You know, we're going to talk about this when we talk about right action. Um, how there's sometimes, you know, we have our views and there may be some motives behind or, you know, that are maybe the foundation of those views that could be um, maybe what sometimes, you know, we talk about in Buddhism uh, could be greed, um, hate, and delusion. Or they may be other other things that may be Basing those uh, those views, um, and you know that may be the opposite of what I just mentioned. And uh, we will talk about um, greed, hatred, and and delusion—the opposites—generosity and loving kindness, friendliness, and um, letting go of clinging. When we talk about intention. But there's a whole field of exploration when we look at you know our views. Um, We can also see how, as um, in Buddhism, it is said that through our, you know what as I said already, what, I, what we say, how we act through our body, and and how we manifest it in our mind, how um, our actions also may be... There. I'm not talking only about the present actions and future actions. You know, we can start to have a better understanding of past actions that maybe uh, have become... Um, habituated, you know, ways in which we act or react um, because we're used to it I and mean, we keep acting. We keep acting that way and we keep cultivating those, um, whatever motivates, you know, those actions um, So going back to the direct experience, your direct experience will tell you which actions will be skillful and which actions will be unskillful. And Chris may talk a little bit about that. But within that, within unskillful and skillful actions, just by also, again, seeing how it is that... um, we express ourselves, we can go back, we can track back what it is that is behind those actions, uh, what kind of, of views. Are they promoting, promoting you know, well-being? Are they promoting friendliness or generosity? Or is there contraction in the body that tells you, well, this doesn't feel like friendliness. You know, there's something else going on. Um, So, right view, our actions are consequential, consequences for ourselves, for others around and um, depending on what orientation we take, it may support us engaging in that path of finding you know, liberation from suffering that sometimes we create for ourselves unnecessary when we react instead of responding, you know, without having that moment of pause to choose. So now we're gonna um, take a moment and take three deep breaths. (laughs) Just to see how my words settle in you. How all this land And we are going to transition now to going into a group exercise so that you can share with others and we can cultivate sangha. What about, how many are we? 37. Okay, so maybe groups of four or something. Yeah, groups of four. See if you find three other people to share with. You can choose, you know, choose whoever you want. And um, yeah, there will be a group of five. So let's get into groups of four and one of five. And then I will give you some questions to talk about. You to
2: spend... 30 seconds, just quietly reflecting on the question. So here's the question for your reflection. The reflection will be in silence, and then you know, I'll let you know when to start. So the question is, describe a time when one of your views changed due to learning something new or having a different experience. What is it like now... To reflect back on that view you held and then had to discard. What does changing a view feel like? Sure. So I'll repeat it, and then you will each uh, have about three minutes per person to just talk. And um, the point is for each person to talk kind of in a monologue, and others to listen. And just you know, you're not read, you're not there to comment on the other person's response. You're going to have your own response but um, we'll give you a bell at every three-minute interval. So the question again is to describe a time when one of your views changed due to learning something new or having a different experience. What is it like now to reflect back on that view you held and then had to discard, and what does changing a view feel like? So, when you're ready, maybe you could start with the person with the shortest hair. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, calling all Sangha members <laughs> back to our big circle or semicircle. So it would be uh, nice for other participants and also the leaders to hear anything that stood out for you in speaking and hearing the others speak about this question.
0: And and we'd like you to use the mic because there are several people who are following this program from afar and aren't able to be here. Uh, I suppose it would be the universal
1: theme of pain and difficulty as a motivator for change. Could you pass it back, two
0: back there? I heard uh, someone else use the word um, scaffolding to describe the views. One compounded on another, compounded on another, um, from our families of origin from ourselves, from the media, from the culture, everything. So, some of these run pretty deep and some of them are pretty, um, uh, some of them are helpful and some of them are pretty unhelpful in the scaffold. Somebody up there? Hi, I think what what I heard was the changes in views were all about identity, Um, either changing the identity or having identity fall away and needing to replace it with something.
1: In our group, uh, we had a common theme around having prejudgments and expectations, presumptions, and then a shift in thinking that allowed us to be more open and compassionate. Mm. Um, It was really nice.
0: Uh, this isn 't really on topic, but i 'm confused about what is a view and how is it different from a belief, or is it the same as a belief yeah it can be it can be the same as a belief a belief is one kind of view, yeah, it can be so deep you don 't even think of it as a belief you know you just kind of think that 's the way things are so the deep the deep ones how do we how do we get How do we uh, sess them out? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm going to try to touch on that in the next half. And, you know, we start becoming more conscious of our experience. And they kind of percolate up and become visible. I guess I'll stay around for it. Okay.
3: I guess I'm going to touch on the experience in the body of um, coming to terms with a view that you have held that at least in my life what I felt was supporting my openness and, and generous heart um, but then learned was just a construct that was in the way f- from my allowing myself to see things more clearly um, and that in letting go of that um, first of all, it was the, the holding of it um, allowed me to be surprised quite a bit by, by things that I had informed myself were otherwise. And, and yet in letting go of this idea that was not serving me, there was pain. Um, and so then the, the how does one support the pain, which is a sort of a physical No, it is physical. It's a physical pain of letting go in order that um, I might see more clearly which has been liberating in the sense that I'm less surprised by life.
0: Mm. Beautiful. Thank you. One more person here.
3: It helps me to think about views as the stories we tell ourselves. So I like the image of stories, how we go around and we, we keep um, repeating the same stories which reflect our views and our values, but it's the stories that we spin in our heads. mm
0: mm-hmm.
2: So one theme that emerged in our group was that of um, disorientation and uh, not only the disorientation but what so when certain views are uh, yanked out from under you uh, what do you replace them with if anything and how do you how do you find views that are more reliable than the prior one?
0: Mm-hmm. Good question. Hey, well, let's take about a 10 minute break. There's some tea out there, you can talk to each other. And if you're confused about your mentor or the whole program, please come up and talk to me. And Jim here, who who are the people you were hoping to meet?
2: Oh, Charles and Timothy.
0: If Charles and, and or Timothy are here, Jim is your mentor and you can come and talk to him. And uh, also Judy Cannon. Yeah, I'm
1: looking
0: for Betsy and Diane. OK. And you have Sylvie too, right? Yes. Are you connected? All right. Betsy and Tom Fenner? Okay. <laughs> any, uh, any other? Uh, Fiona? And Fiona? Keith and Marjorie. Okay. Any other? Uh, Liz? And not Ann Overton, Ann Shannon. Uh, yeah. no, no, no. no. Oh, Ann and and Shannon. And M. Her last name
2: begins with M, and I'm sorry I don't have it memorized. Yes, thank
0: you. Okay. Okay. Um, so you are identifying mentors. In- no, just if, you know, only a few of the mentors are here. There are a lot more who are not here, but those who are here, you might as well connect. And I'm sorry I brought my master, didn't bring my master list, but anyway. Um Yes, you've met your mentee already. Any other mentors here who want to speak up? Okay. And the rest of you will be contacted if you signed up. We're just getting it sorted out. So, thank you. (laughs)